This week's episode of Lawyer Up is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash lawyerup. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Jackie Hearn? Yes, Rick Foster. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I think we have one huge job that we have to do right now. Don't Please don't say it. Don't say what? Don't think, say... Don't... You, don't... I don't want it to end. It, well, you so know... Don't, I, don't say... So, I, I mean, I think it's showtime. All right, fine. It's showtime. All right. It's showtime. <laughs> We're here for the... Final episode of the season, uh, episode 10, Marco of Better Call Saul, and with us today is uh, somebody I know very well, and maybe the podcast as well, uh, Sharon, my girlfriend. Yay. How are you doing today? Hi, doing great. Thanks. How are you? I, awesome. I'm fantastic. And uh, here, Jackie, we're, we're going to talk finale time. Uh, we're, we're going away for a little bit. And so are, is the gang in Albert. We're not. Hey, actually, we're not going too far. And I want to point that out to our listeners that, that is stick true. with us. Don't you know? Don't stop because we we're going to start interviewing some people who write television shows uh, that are other people who are stars of television shows and other other people that that want to talk better call Saul. We're going to do that. We, we won't do it every week. We're we're not coming every week, but we we do have some content thought up in our. In our huge noggins of ours. This is where we call in all the favors to all of our big star fan uh, friends <laughs> and bring them in. So we're going to get their ideas and their thoughts, too, about the show as well. So I'm really excited about that. Sounds yes, cool. so am I. And let's let's get the discussion going on, on our, the season finale. First off, uh, overall, what did you think of the episode? Uh, you know, first time around, I had been up all day long. And oh, actually, I was I was recording another fan cast for House Guards, and so I missed the very beginning. And I was like, oh, "We've got to wrap this up because the season finale is on." So I jumped in in the middle of it, and then rewatched it again. And by that time, I was just so exhausted. And I my instant thought was, "Wait a minute, I I might be a little bit disappointed." But now, after watching it with a clear mind a couple of hours later or the morning after on that Monday or Tuesday, I think it's a great, I, I think it's a perfect season finale for the show because it, it exactly wraps up all of the things. I mean, this is not Breaking Bad. And with Breaking Bad, there was a whole lot of drama around a lot of the events and and I think, as we recall, in the beginning of Breaking Bad, it, it moved a little bit slower and definitely developed around the characters a lot more. So I, I, I don't even think it's that different. But I think that I think that it wrapped around character development so much, and it did it extremely well with the season finale. What did you think? I, I kind of agree. It's more. It was more of a character developing thing. I think the problem with the finale is, I think, with some some shows that that have the the hype and you know have been riding the the up train as far as like quality 
you give yourself kind of a heightened like oh you know what is you know how is it going to cliffhang uh, how is it going to end like how is this going to be hooked i think i think tom merritt said it best he thought that there was going to be some sort of hook or that kind of uh jumps into season 2 like mm-hmm. a either like you know a cliffhanger of some sort and i and i don't i really didn't mind the the non cliffhanger ending it was very I don't want to say self a self-contained season, but it definitely was a build. To it was a season development two. season. It was, it was yeah. all about developing the show. Yes, and it was more. Yeah, it's more of a character development thing, and that's how season one of Breaking Bad was. It. I mean, yes, it ended on a cliffhanger in quotation marks, but it really even season one didn't end in a cliffhanger. Part of it was because of the writer's strike. But what, what did you think of the episode, Sharon? Oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good finale. Like you said, there, you know, you can hype yourself up too much and be like, ah, yeah. finale. But I didn't really do that, and I got, I got a lot of character questions answered, and things were explained. And I do feel like it, it leads you to be ready for season two. I mean, there's no cliffhanger, but you do have an expectation of what's coming. Right. So I thought it was good, well-rounded overall. Yeah, and even, I mean, it seems like we've wrapped up the backstory stuff. Uh, Yes. I mean, most most of season one had a lot of the cold opens were a lot of flashbacks. And even, if I remember right, this one started out with a flashback. Mm -hmm. And I I think we, we might be done with the flashbacks yes. for now. To explain, yeah. To, to, you know, build backstory to two characters and everything like that. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get those in, in the future, but I think in, you know, season two and maybe beyond, we may not see the cold open flashbacks anymore. Or Absolutely. Things like that. You know, and obviously, uh, Jemmy is the one main character that we need to really develop the most. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, then maybe Mike, uh, a little mm-hmm. bit of Chuck. Uh, we don't really have that background of Chuck so much still, even towards the end of this. But I, I definitely think that there there could be more backstory of... I, I think, honestly, I think this whole entire show is a backstory of mm-hmm. Jimmy McGill and Saul, Saul Goodman, and how he becomes what he is in Breaking Bad. You know, with, with a whole lot of other stories uh, kicked in for us. Uh, a lot of adventure, a lot of other things that we're going to come across. So, you, you know, I, I think definitely that's the case. That we now know where Jimmy is at at the end of the season. And how closely, how his progress is, is in, in becoming Saul. And so, I, I, I definitely don't think we need much more of that after this. Right. I would have been I would have been happy with a little tad bit of a storyline of something a little bit more complicated, maybe even just a hint, just just a little nod to something that would come in season 2. And and maybe I mean maybe throughout a, another watch, watch through of the entire season, maybe there was, you know, something, you know, thrown in there really quick. But I mean, from what and to, to kind of open up the curtains before we uh, move on to in our discussion, they are just starting to kind of dissect of what what season two will be. And they, they've just started to get back into the writer's room and, and figure out what's going to happen. So they, they could they've obviously have they obviously did a really good job for for this season 
as far as laying out the the pieces mm-hmm. of the puzzle and i think it's it's gonna be interesting season two yeah. right now we must talk about the finale and so let's talk about the bingo hall bingo. scene where he yes, uh, has a breakdown he is in brother brother B7. Seven brides for seven brothers. Sure, a lot of you have brothers. It's not like mine, though. Any winners yet? Take take another look, okay? I'll wait. I'm going to say is if it's another B, could have a real problem here. Oh, that was so funny. I, I like to call it B is for breakdown. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my little thing that B i made is for breaking for, for and b is for bad and mm. <laughs> brother and betray- like it's obvious what's on his mind <laughs> what the highlight of this is we, he kept getting bees he was getting really annoyed because he couldn't pick another one he was so clever with them too they were pretty good like mm-hmm. uh b7 like for brother seven brides for seven brothers well he's probably not like my brother but you know and like all of that was so good and then we lead into a story that we have been told from the very beginning that we don't know the answer to and people have been guessing on the internet this whole season what a cleveland sunroof really is well it is the uh, chicago sunroof oh chicago i'm thinking of cleveland steamer i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's yeah, I more think of we've a all been wondering. D. Yeah, uh, tenacious D uh, reverence. <laughs> we find finally find out what it is. Obviously, what we didn't realize is that not only do we find out the story, which we all know now because we've seen the show, that he defecated through somebody's sunroof while there were children in the background or, or in the back seat. Chuck, this was like one of the first times that we know of that Chuck betrayed Jimmy. By forcing the DA to pressure him with a, what what, what was the charge? The inappropriate. Uh, yeah, indecent exposure, right? Indecent exposure, exactly. And so that falls around the sexual predator type realm because it also had children. So Chuck, obviously, you can tell Chuck was thinking, we got to teach Jimmy a lesson. If he doesn't learn this lesson, he'll never change. But, oh my gosh, sexual predator that is something that you would never want following you around for the rest of your life. I'm actually surprised that he was able to pass the bar, that the bar, the bar would allow him to be a member with that kind of background. Because well, yeah, because I have a friend who has done the bar, like done the, the bar and everything like that, and he had a DUI, and yes. it was tough after he passed the bar to... To get things cleared up after they're that, they're very and, critical. They're very and, critical, yeah, and imagine. that was it. Wasn't like you know the DUI happened like a year ago or whatever. It happened like years ago, you know. So it, even that's hard. So for him to pass the bar to be, I mean, in reality, it's also he went to an online law law school, so they probably didn't have to go too much of background but, check. But, but there. he still had to past the state bar and that's but a yes, whole different scenario of course. the state mm-hmm. bar is very extremely critical like you have to go through hearings if if there's any kind of discrepancy on your application i kind of imagine that the uh, new mexico state bar has would probably not accept anybody who is a sexual offender but i mean i assume that he explained the situation and that he didn't do anything 
you know, and obviously he made the right decision in not involving his brother. For a breakdown scene, I mean, there was a lot of backstory. Like, he let in a lot of answers. <laughs> as, I mean, just from the, the Chicago sunroof to, you know, being not from New Mexico. And he, you know, was living in Chicago for for so many years. And, and Well, and the whole thing with being married and this Czech guy slept with his wife. Like, that's a lot to, you know, just tell mm-hmm. a bunch of strangers. Well, well, not I just guess... strangers, just yet senior citizens that, you know... That are supposed to be your clients, potentially. Yeah. I definitely was trying to make note of that, too, because, you know, I've been going back and, and reviewing, of course, the original Breaking Bad series. And in that, he did mention that he had been married twice before. And one of his step uh, his wives slept with his stepfather or something. And in this scenario, he says that Chet uh, slept with his wife. He said, well, granted... He slept with her before she was my wife, but I still saw him there. So, you know, I'm still trying to, like, I'm going to build, like, a timeline on my wall and, like, oh, plug yeah. out when Chuck <laughs> was in a certain area to try to figure it out. Because uh, I'm wondering if he's ever going to marry Kimmy. sad timeline. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, just the, it's a very well done scene for Jimmy just to kind of uh, let loose. Because at the end of the day, the only person he has... To, to talk to is is Kim, and she's technically on his brother's side. HHM side. Yeah, on HHM side. So yeah. there's only so much that he can tell her without, you know, possibly her telling, you know, Chuck. Even though I... Chuck's kind of, you ah. know, on the sidelines right now. But I don't know. She seems pretty loyal. I, I definitely love the scene of him breaking down the bingo and ending up saying, okay, guys, I don't care. Come on up. Take anything you want. Uh, kitty cat notebooks for everyone. <laughs> um, you know, I thought that was hilarious. But I, yeah. I like that he just finally realized, I don't have to be here. I don't have to be in this place. Why am I in New Mexico? I could I could be anywhere. And he starts describing the place as a Georgie O'Keefe um, hellish nightmare or whatever the exact words were. I definitely like that they really are showing Jimmy's sort of slow awakening he thought he thought that this was the best world for him he thought he was leaving cicero illinois to become something better and yet he can't so then he goes back to cicero illinois and rick why do you talk about and actually this was also my favorite scene the montage but you want to talk about that that point where he goes back to cicero and he runs into marco at that bar arno's yeah, it's a very uh, well-done montage of him and Marco kind of going back to their old old ways. I think it uh, what episode? It must have been episode four, uh, somewhere. One of the first er- ones. Yeah, earlier in the season, they they meet the guy. We, we literally, literally get inside the mind of Marco, the guy that was laying on the ground and doing uh smoke on the water you know but but oh but 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 oh uh so it's very it's awesome that they've you know they said hey you know this guy is a huge part of jimmy's life and for them to have one last uh, week of you know making money and doing cons and everything i mean it's all based on the start of somebody saying uh can you keep a secret and Mm -hmm. i don't know if i should be telling you this Mm -hmm. and just starting out from those two lines and then it evolves into each different con and 
it's unbelievable at just the different the different cons that they were doing. I mean, they did the the JFK nickel isn't coin yeah the, the coin isn't an actual coin. It was a mistake coin. They jeez, I there was I a wish violin. I wrote some of these there was down. a very expensive violin. Uh huh. Yeah, the violin. Uh, there was... uh, J- Jimmy Jimmy mentions the Prince of Nigeria. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, the Prince <laughs> we of Nigeria. We both laughed out loud. Oh my Nobody goodness. would fall for that today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that was before, and that was before the internet like super took off. I it mean... was like Jimmy invented that con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A famous one. So far. And then Jimmy shows up like with a gla- sunglasses on, as if he's a blind person, and says. Hey, can you tell me? Do I have the winning numbers? You know yes. <laughs> that that whole montage was amazing. Yeah, and I mean, even to the point where they they both get lucky. It, it seems like what was it? Uh, Jimmy said uh, he was Kevin Costner, and uh, the the woman's you're like, not "You're Kevin not Kevin Costner." Costner uh, as he opens his eyes, and I was uh, last night. Yeah. yeah. All right, and and the line of. She said, screw you. And then he said, if you build it, I will come. (laughs) She didn't like that joke. No, she didn't like that joke, unfortunately. I think the other girl didn't have a problem with it. She's like, all right, bye. Yeah, Yeah. she was very friendly. And and surprisingly, we... uh, In that shitty basement apartment, too. Yeah. With an air mattress. This is no manager's apartment or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that whole montage is great. It's a really fun scene for what is inevitably is, ends up being somebody's last uh, scene. And yeah, I mean the episode was named after him, right? Yeah. And uh, I just thought that it was really interesting how, in the matter of you know one episode, you go from thinking of Marco in you know one way, kind of maybe the maybe the Chuck perspective. It seems like maybe he was a nobody, not really good for Jimmy. And then you start to see that he really, like, he's really loyal to Jimmy. He's somebody in Jimmy's life who really, you know, loves him, just loves to be with him unconditionally, looks up to him. And some of the things he was saying, I mean, I just had to take note when he, when Jimmy was explaining he has to change and he didn't want him to. He said, what do you need to change? You're slipping Jimmy. Like, what could be better than, than what you are right now? And he just, he thought so highly of him. And then he said, maybe before he said, it's like uh, watching Miles Davis give up the trumpet. And that just, I don't know. That well, just even, hit me. Like, really? He's, hmm. he's not doing anything as great as being an amazing jazz musician, you know? Well, even when he, he went as far as, you know, say like, oh yeah, I'm a lawyer in, in New Mexico and in, in Albuquerque. And he's like, oh, you must own the town. Knowing you, knowing you, you slipping Jimmy being a lawyer, that's that's dangerous. Kind of alluding to what Chuck said uh, last episode of just like slipping Jimmy with a law degree. That's you know, uh, that's almost suicide. Uh, but but the opposite, you know. But, I yeah. think he thought of it more like you know Saul Goodman maybe slipping Jimmy with a well, law degree. J- like that's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just Marco. Yeah, just being the the loyal. The loyal goof of just like, man, you're you're doing really great for yourself, and now I'm over here just hanging out, drinking beers, and uh, it's it's very sad to his. I don't want to say just, demise, but just, just kind like of his, floating along. Well, just this tragic end of just like, okay, you know, hey, I I've had a week of this, you know, I'm out, 
And then Marco is just like, come on, just one more time. Like, well, dude, I don't care about the money. Just do it for me. Like, this has been the best week I've ever had. And, you know, let's yeah. just one more time. Jackie, any thoughts on, you know, Marco's kind of last hurrah almost? You know, if he had never gone back and never to- seen Marco again, what would have happened to him? You know, would would he have just sat around in Albuquerque continuing to do those wills and eventually kitty notebooks yeah and, and just become chuck's pal again and not only that like there are questions i think that as this season show and season wrapped up that he still seems like he's almost willing to jump back in and be there for chuck you know because he he picks up the phone when he is exposed as not being kevin costner and he's checking his cell phone and he gets all of these voicemails from the clients and he tells finally tells marco hey i'm an attorney and marco can't believe it you're an attorney and he says i gotta go back he says that you know he says come on let's do one more scam let's let's do the watch scam come on one more um and and basically he says that you know he's kind of got has to go back and he says, don't listen to what Chuck has to say. And he's like, but he's my brother. And so he still feels that he needs to be there for his brother, even if he's distant from his brother. Mm-hmm. So I, I really believe that there's got to be another issue that we're going to see at the opening episode of the next of season two, where there's a stronger break. There's got to be stronger and stronger breaks between him and Chuck. Because I don't think this sold out everything because we still saw Jimmy at the end making sure that Ernesto was actually bringing all the supplies he was supposed to bring. And that, and that's what I was about to say. You know, he still, you know, kind of checks up on him. Uh, yeah. Even, I mean, we'll kind of touch on this. There's a moment in the beginning of the episode where he goes to Hamlin and says, yeah. you know, hey, I'm sorry I called you a pig fucker. You know, <laughs> uh, um, I'm sorry, you know, all this stuff happened. And, and uh, here's the know. grocery list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by the way, here's all the stuff that I've been doing. He didn't necessarily but, say he's your problem now, but, you know, it's just... Yeah, yeah, he just said, you need to take care, you know, can you take care of this now? And I really appreciated how Hamlin was so, like, wow, you've been doing all this stuff every day. Hamlin's like, a decent do- dude. How oh my goodness, he just 180'd on me. I don't know what yeah. happened. I didn't think I was going to like him at all. That I think that's, like, the big surprise of the season, is that uh-huh. we expected to hate Hamlin, and Hamlin was just doing everything he could to back up Chuck. Because he had to, business-wise. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Question is, do you think that without Chuck, do you think Hamlin would have cleared a spot for Jimmy? Whether it was back then where he just got, just past the bar, or do you think even now, do you, I mean, that's the question. Is it, was it all Chuck-influenced, or was it a, you know, always oh, not ready back then and then now he's like hey you know i definitely think he would hire him now yes but back then you know because of the case like that's why he expected him to right even though he knew they hated him he should have hired him because of the case i agree i agree with sharon completely and you know i think back in the the original part jimmy would have never been in the mail room if it wasn't for chuck but you know once he was in the mail room i think that anybody in the mail room who passed the bar would certainly I think Hamlin would have, uh, Howard Hamlin would have considered them. So yeah. I, I, I think this has definitely been Chuck all along. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, I think it's pretty clear after that, you know, 
little conversation that they had of just like, hey, you know. There's got to be some kind of backstory we don't see of something that Slipping Jimmy did to Chuck way back in the day that held something over Chuck where he thought he'll never be more than Slipping Jimmy. And I don't know what that is, and I doubt it was the Chicago sunroof. It, yeah. it has to be something else that went on between the two of them. It, yeah, it seems like there is more. There's like the one the one big incident. He did this and I had to bail him out and it was very clear that he's not going to be a good person. Right, because Chuck Chuck kind of has the heads up over Jimmy because Chuck is the successful one. He's the one who is the attorney of a major law firm who makes a lot of money, who is able to give him a job and give him a second chance and uh-huh. get him out of jail all the times. So there must be something else there that that is really hurting because why because from what we see it looks like chuck is very threatened by jimmy and mm-hmm. and the fact that he's now an attorney there's got to be something else there. i mean just i'm just thinking about character development yeah so in summary rick is wrong and there's going to be more flashbacks in season two probably <laughs> you're, you're probably yeah. right on that <laughs> but you know what else i was gonna say about about the hamlin thing is that after you realize that it was all Chuck, I mean, man, he just, it, it, it yeah. played back in my mind that every time Hamlin said no, he said, you know, what, what's the phrasing? He basically said it was a group decision. Yeah. He never said, he never took responsibility for the decision. He just said, you know, the members have decided or whatever the he phrase was. He was so cool and professional about it that it, it hurt you. Hey, can we, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead, but... I really like the end, and we can go back and, you know, as we talk about our season wrap-up, but I really like this conversation between Mike and Jimmy at the end. Kimmy has told him, you know, you got a job if you just want to show up at the courthouse. You can work with Davis and Davis and Maine, I believe it was, the law firm. They were going to do some of the handling of the case, and they he would have an office with his name on it, if he just showed up and met with them, Jimmy goes in, kind of pumped up for it, then turns around and leaves, stops by, talk to Mike for a second, and Mike says, wow, that was fast. And he says, let me ask you, you know, we had one million and six thousand dollars on a table, you know, 600,000, yeah. 600,000, we could have split between us. Why didn't we take that? What was it that, what made us not take that? And Mike says, well, as I recall, you said something about doing the right thing. Why don't we listen to that scene right now instead of me telling you what they said? Well, that was quick. No charge. Help me out here. Did I dream it or did I have $1,600,000 on my desk in cash? When I close my eyes, I can still see it burned into my retinas like I was staring into the sun. No one on God's green earth knew we had it. We could have split it 50-50. We could have gone home with $800,000 each, tax-free. Your point being? Why didn't we? What stopped us? I remember you saying something about doing the right thing. I don't even know what that means. You want to know why I didn't take that money? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Me personally, I was hired to do a job. I did it. It's as far as it goes. Yeah. 
Well, I know what stopped me. And you know what? It's never stopping me again. So, basically, what, what, what I really liked about this is Jimmy is now coming to this point where he's wanted to be somebody who wants to do the right thing. And he realizes that the reason he wants to do the right thing is because of Chuck. And what I really like about this is the struggle. I think we all have it as human beings that we want to do the right thing. And even if it's something where it could hurt us or hurt the ones we love, but whatever it is that is the right thing, that's what we should do. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted on this because, and I know I'm taking this to a much bigger level, but my issue is when it hurts everybody around you and what is the right thing? How do you know it's the right thing when it hurts so many other people? And do you just balance out, well, you know, I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to take this now and suffer through it. And if it hurts me and it hurts somebody else, that's fine as long as it helps the general good. I, I, I don't, I, anyways, I, I, I'm very, becoming very complex here, but I really like that Jimmy is now at this point. And this is why I think the season finale was great because I love that he is really now dealing with the issue of what am I going to do? What is good? And where do I draw the line? Because he, what he, what was good for Chuck, he would have done any day. No matter how much it hurt him, no matter how much it may have hurt Kimmy or other people he loved, he would have done. But now he will never do that thing just because of his brother or somebody else. And I think that's the message I took away from it. What do you guys think? I agree. Yeah, it was like... He had all these ties to his brother, like you mentioned before. He said he had to go back for his his brother, and it was like he just cut them. Yeah. He said, you know, it's never going to stop me again. Basically, what Chuck would think or what Chuck would want me to do, it's almost like a you're dead to me kind of a thing. Because I it felt- sounds like this is not Chuck's first time. It sounds like this is like a three strikes you're out kind of deal. Yeah, of course. Even with just getting a position as a partner or, a, you know, an office in the firm, it's been more than once. And being treated as a sexual offender. So why why not take the money? Why not do X, Y, and Z that I want to do? Why would I let my brother hold me back if he doesn't like me anyway? Yeah. His mother's dead. They don't have, apparently they don't have any other family. So it's not like he's going to disappoint mom and dad. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Chuck is the, like the patriarch of the family and Chuck likes it that way. He wants to be in control of Jimmy and Jimmy's used to it that way for whatever reason that we might find out next season. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy is accustomed to that, but he not anymore. He He's moving on. And I don't know if you guys noticed all of the... The, the less subtle, less verbal ties back to someone else who helped him make that decision, which was Marco. You know, he was walking up to the building, and then when he decided to turn around, I don't know if you noticed, he looked at his ring, the ring that was Marco's that he said yeah. his mother gave him. Oh, and that's point. when he he left, and then he, he was humming that song, Marco's song. Yep, Smoke on the Water, yeah. 
And that's how they kind of end the season. And I, I, I agree that it seems like Marco had some sort of, I mean, the trip back to Illinois and the week with Marco mm-hmm. and Marco maybe maybe not implanting it in his head of like you know oh you you know you're so why would you need to change uh you know, I mean we talked about it earlier why why is slipping Jimmy you know being gone mm-hmm. you know why is he changing into this other person I mean he, like I said he even said slipping Jimmy as a lawyer you know he is probably making millions and taking the town by storm. And it's it's a very unbelievable kind of a change. I know we talked about it uh, on whether they were going to become, you know, he was going to be Saul Goodman at the end of the season or, mm-hmm. or things like that. And even the what the title card. I mean, if you've, I think everybody's noticed that the title card has always been different. The background when mm-hmm. they show Better Call Saul this time around it was uh the the mug crashing into the floor and it says a uh, world's best lawyer whether that is just kind of a subtle thing of like you know he's not going to be the best lawyer he's going to be the guy that tries to just get the money and you know represent whoever throws the biggest wad of cash at him just like the the whole Robert Durst thing. If you've seen the jinx, uh, Robert Durst, like, he just hired these big lawyers. And I don't think the lawyers really cared if he was guilty or not. I think they, you know, they're just like, okay, if you want to throw this much money at us, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll represent you. And I think at that point, we've hit that point of him not somebody thinking about the good of, of the things. It's going to be about Jimmy and Jimmy only. Whether Kim is is involved in some of this will be a different thing because Kim was somebody that helped get this uh, kind of side interview with the refre- refresh my memory, Jackie. I can't with remember. With the other firm. Yeah, with the other yeah. firm. Mm-hmm. So we still don't even know the after aftershock of what Kim's going to react to. And, yeah. And do you, I don't. I don't think Kim's going to react uh, very well. Just because she has stuck her neck out as much as she can for all the stuff for playing, you know, on on the other side. I I agree. I mean, she even said to him when she called him, she said, "Hey, Ferris Bueller, have you had your time? Are you done with your time off? Are you ready to come back to reality?" Kind of message. And he said, "She said, well, there might be a a job with an, an office with your name on it." You know, so it's kind of like she knew that he needed to go off and go do something, but come on back, come on back and get back to this, this world that I'm in so we can both be a part of the same. Uh, you know, Sharon, you, you had a comment about what is this about Jimmy making this change here at the last minute and and how it represents his friendship with Marco and just now losing Marco. I thought that it was, um, very poignant. It seems like as much as as a as someone watching the show, I would like for him to be more focused on uh, impressing Kim. Yeah. <laughs> because she does so much for him. But I feel like in his mind, it was it was just Chuck all the way, you know? Yeah. And when you mentioned that mug, I wonder if that, what did you say, world's greatest lawyer? Yeah, it's a, like something greatest lawyer on there. Yeah, it reminded me of those mugs that you um, that you might get for your dad that say world's greatest dad. Yeah. 
And yeah. you know how we were thinking yeah, of the, Chuck the as like the patriarch. Maybe that was just like ending the breaking off of that. And I think he he realized that this respect that I've been trying to get from Chuck, every decision I make is based on pleasing Chuck or getting Chuck's respect. Since I now know that I'm never going to get it, you know, um, like Marco even said to him, I, you know, your brother doesn't even like you yeah, or something like that. I think that he finally realized that all the respect he had been looking for, he had it in Marco. Marco looked up to him and Marco was happy with the real, the real guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, slipping Jimmy with the way that he really was. And he was able to get respect from him. And so. He decided, oh, I've been, you know, barking up the wrong tree. I've been hoping for something that's never going to happen, and I should just accept who I am, do this my way instead of trying to do it Chuck's way. So overall, we kind of want to end our discussion on overall thoughts of the entire season. I think a lot of people, as soon as you say spinoff, it's like, the kiss of death. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I mean, they think Joey from Friends, and we've had this discussion. (laughs) of people having high expectations of Breaking Bad and, and things like that. So, uh, No, I would say like a Frasier from Cheers or Lou Grant from uh, the Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't think that the, I, I, I think this is a, a standalone awesome uh, spinoff. No, there's, this is no Joey. <laughs> right. <laughs> much more Frasier. Yes, it, it seems very much more Frasier coming from cheers and i guess the big question is is there i mean kind of a highlight and maybe something that they can fix when when they uh, go from season one to season two i know fix yeah well not necessarily <laughs> fix but I, you saying, answer you know, that first you answer that first then rick yeah, I'll, yeah I'll really what do you um, have in mind <laughs> i think overall just the the build, you know building this backstory of of jimmy and the surrounding players around him was very great uh i think uh i mentioned it earlier i don't think that they need to to do the cold open you know oh what did he do you know 10 years ago type cold opens anymore i think we we've hit that point of we can now it it can be sustained from you know just building off of the present and i use the present in quotation marks because obviously it's still a a flashback type series and it'll be it'll be good to have the character development from there i i don't i mean maybe with a few stuff i uh, just like the the one incident that slip and jimmy really uh messed up chuck maybe that's something i would like to see in a flashback but as far as building the the uh i, I don't think mantra is the correct word of slip and jimmy but just or the legacy of slip yeah. and jimmy told in flashbacks isn't really needed so you're saying you want all the minutes devoted to right now the present yes yeah. uh i that think makes sense. i think it's totally we we don't need uh to to flashback very quickly have you seen the kind of like rumblings on the internet about how there might be flash forwards into breaking bad peter ghoul and both bob odenkirk bob odenkirk did an interview with variety uh, i think the day after the show came out and he talked about how we really start to know we, what we learn is that there's a whole lot going on with Jimmy that we, when he goes home or when he's not with Walter or with Jesse and Breaking Bad, there, what's going on with him 
outside of that. So that is a whole nother way for the writers, creators to shock us is to do a flash forward of Jimmy as Saul during that time that we don't see outside of it. And then that, that could be the way that they bring in, you know, characters like Walter White, which I, I know that that there's not a lot of talk about that, but there's still talk about Aaron Paul. And I, I also was shocked to see when Bob Odenkirk mentioned in that article that he was so excited or maybe it was Peter Gould. I, I, I'm, I'm confusing my articles, but they came out this week where they said uh, that they were very pleased about the positive reaction from both Aaron Paul and Dean Norris, uh, who played Hank. Originally, what I heard from about Dean Norris is Dean Norris said, that show is over, I'm done, I'm not coming back. So he was the one character I thought we would never see. You know, I always thought Aaron Paul said from the get-go, if there's a... If there's any more of this, I'm a part of it. He just couldn't at that time. That doesn't mean that he can't in the future. So we could see some, I mean, wouldn't that be the thing that kind of takes it over the top? Where oh, they have an so episode. Exciting. Where, yeah, they've got the Breaking Bad characters. It's future day. And maybe it's a little bit of a, just a flash forward into that. You know, so I, I feel like. Maybe some of these flashbacks, because the show started with a far, far flash forward yeah, of right. him at the end in Omaha, Nebraska. Cinnabon. Yeah. So maybe there's, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's one of the beauties of this show is that we're, we will see. It's a constant flux. Uh-huh. You know? And we'll end up back there in the future. Interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. It's... Just a thought. Just a oh, thought. Yeah, that's totally, that's totally a logical thought. I mean, even it, Hank. Honestly, when when you bring up Hank, uh, Hank, Hank would be perfect. A, he makes a, sense. Is a plausible thing for for a flash forward because he, yeah. Hank has dealt with so many scumbags, exactly, uh, and somebody that would you know Defend represent them. scumbags mm-hmm. is Saul, and just for yeah, that he, fits perfectly. Yeah, it doesn't have to be representing Jesse. You know, he could be representing. Uh, some of the uh, the the drug dealer uh, anybody Nacho or Nacho or, or, or things right. like that. Yeah. So it's I think Hank is more of a plausible uh, get compared to Jesse or Walter. Jesse I, will definitely. be a little bit more difficult unless it is a Ford. If it, yes. if it's if it's way all the forward. way into Breaking Bad where Jesse is already with Walt. You know I just don't see because uh-huh. Jesse was a high school student and then he started doing drugs. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can get him as the captain. I don't know what he. El Capitan, yeah. Yeah, during that time, but but other than that, I think Hank is the perfect example. Definitely, if, because I feel like in Breaking Bad, they already knew each other. Yeah. Right. So we could see their when they got to know each other from the beginning. That's true. Perhaps. That's true. Because he knew that that I was going to say Odenkirk, but he knew that Saul, Saul. was a shady, shady lawyer. Right. You know, yeah. Is somebody. Somebody that's being advertised during Maury, you know, mm-hmm. lawyers so, on the right. bus bench or something. Yeah, like on that. the bus yeah. bench and stuff like that. So it's and it's possible. I, I think I've I said it in the beginning. I'm all for people in Breaking Bad coming in as long as it makes sense and as long as yes. it's not like, oh crap, you know, we're losing viewers. Let's get in 
Let's well, get to Jesse really quick because ah. they went to the same mall together. But you know these writers are going to make it make sense on multiple levels. I Absolutely. have every confidence. And they've done so well this season. The season has done so well. It's been oh, very yes. successful. So they don't need, they don't have to rely on it. But, you know, I mean, but there is going to be almost a year hiatus. I yeah, mean, it's it's looking like it, it will come oh. back at the same time at, uh, as you know this year which would be around uh february february yep february is where i think they'll they'll try and shoot for usually that's a good time yeah usually after the the super bowl uh time and i i want them to do half seasons i mean if if if, uh-huh. if the silly uh the show that i also do a fan cast on the walking dead if they can do it twice a year this show certainly can but i, I, makes sense. I want them back in the fall but but here's the thing: when you do half seasons, you're you're getting you're getting less, uh, but just at different seven points. episodes as opposed to ten episodes. Give me a break. But just they're 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 getting thirteen. They next are getting thirteen. Um, right. But right. I I'm one of those people that likes the uninterrupted run. I don't like the you know okay let's do seven now and then seven in the fall. Uh, USA. But- is one of the the proponents of, of I mean they almost crafted that of like in the spring we'll do seven and then in the fall we'll do seven. But are you saying you're really ready to wait till February? I, you know, we're just saying we don't want to wait. <laughs> yes, I, I don't I don't want to wait either. But I also don't want a situation of okay, let's do you know let's get these seven out the door, uh, so we make the fall uh, portion and then you'll get the the rest. In you know or, February, or kill it like like they did Mad Men, where we got seven episodes and then a year later we get the other seven episodes. When you do half seasons like that, and if there's a bet, you know, if there's a bad finale, and you're just like, well, you know, I'm done, you know, just because it was a bad finale, and you kind of skip through, you know, you mm. just skip the fall. You're right. It doubles your finale pressure. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. You have. Double the pressure. You have two times the pre- you know, two times of a of a pressure thing each year. Uh, I think Walking Dead, they kind of, they have that built in. I think oh, yeah. everybody, everybody knows. Oh, the like, Walking Dead could just yeah, yeah, like oh, go and, and to know, Disney World for six got, months, and everybody would watch it and love it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's pressure every episode. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I, I, know I, I mean, but the Walking, the Walking Dead is Dead. like the whole different thing because it is the most popular television show on, in history. Which I do, ooh, it drives yeah, me and, crazy. And, and, and I mean, it's people love zombie violence. Yeah, it's it's a very. God, it, I hate zombie violence. <laughs> Podcast and, in that show. <laughs> and it and it's very it's very different. And I think sure, for me, uh, just because Breaking Bad is always besides the the final season, they've always been okay. We're starting this day, and we're gonna the entire season ends on this day. No, well. No, let's tune in late. You know, we're splitting the seasons. I mean, obviously, the final season was a whole different thing because you know they have to build, uh, they have to milk it for for all it's worth. That's what Mad, you know, that's what Mad Men's going through right now is the 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 teat milking is what I like to call it. You do not. <laughs> it's so it's it's a for me. I I do not want split seasons. I don't want rush seasons. I don't. I'm not talking about split or rush seasons just do it i mean okay so for example the last uh season of breaking bad was a split season we had one in the spring and then it wrapped up in the fall Mm. i think that worked perfectly and i think that that's what's driving me nuts about this is that 
do we really have to wait another year? I I, no I, I mean, because I'm not it. really used to that. I I caught on to. I mean, I know Rick that you started watching Breaking Bad from the very beginning. I watched. I think I started watching season three. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever it was that Bob Odenkirk came along, season yep, two. Yep, two. At the end of season two, that's when I I I started watching. Mm-hmm. I binged all of his stuff and then moved into the rest. Um, so yeah, no, I just I just oh god, just just more, just go just more. Yes, more. that's what it is. We just don't want to wait any amount of time. Yes, I I, <laughs> I, I don't want to wait any any longer either. But I we we kind of want your feedback. Uh, feedback. Uh, yeah, there's, there's more. Comment so where can where can they find us, uh, Rick Foster? So. For for starters, you can leave us a voicemail at a five zero five seven five zero one seven six zero. We won't answer, and neither will uh, Slip and Jimmy as well. But you can leave us a voicemail and uh, kind of leave some feedback. Maybe maybe you have a different opinion on split seasons and and waiting for another year for an entire season of Better Call Saul. Also, you can email us at a lawyeruppodcast at gmail dot com. Also, we have a Twitter account, Lawyer Up Podcast. Uh, at, at Twitter, use the at sign, Lawyer Up Podcast, all one word, of course. Also, you can go to our website, LawyerUpPodcast.com. Imagine that, LawyerUpPodcast.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's an amazing world we live in, and it's so amazing <laughs> that you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and loads of other different pod catchers that that you can use like you, like jackie said maybe she'll answer one of these times and uh, i will you guys you know will have what maybe that's what we should do is say i will answer nicole it yes. does go to my cell phone by the way yeah. okay well then oh. there you go so 505-750-1760 and you can talk to jackie hearn about how you anything not wait uh Let's, another well, year for a better call song you know, pollen in the air. Um, let's mm-hmm. talk about bunny rabbits. Um, what else is spring like? Uh, no, and actually, <laughs> speaking of rabbits, I want to, if I, if you don't mind, I'd very quickly like to say that one of our great listeners, Wabbit Magic, and he's at Wabbit Magic on Twitter. He gave us some great feedback last week, and we went on and talked on and on about it. But we, I wrote it wrong in the doc. I'm so sorry. And I said his name is Magic Wabbit. But my apologies to my apologies to you. I told you in Twitter. I'm sorry because he was watching us live, and I said I will fix it. And, and he said, "Okay, that's great." I didn't fix it. I didn't have time. I was trying to get the show posted. And you were, he was he was kind of like yeah I knew you wouldn't or something I just feel like oh damn it shucks but yes it is at Wabbit Magic and he has a lot of great stuff to say about the show so please follow him on Twitter and my sincere apologies for messing that up last week and I apologize too because I should have caught that so well I, no I, you I were apologize. just following what I put in the doc so <laughs> so despite. The year-long wait for season two. We are not stopping. No, we, we, you can't stop. We won't stop. Yeah, you you can't stop. We're this like wave Mi- Miley of... Cyrus. We're we won't stop. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I can't <sighs> believe uh, it took us ten episodes to uh, reference uh, Miley Cyrus. Well, either way, Better Call Saul is always going to be like on our minds. So we're going to keep having more yeah podcasts. That's yes, exciting. correct. Oh, we, uh, Jackie and I. Go. Yes, uh, we we have planned interviews with uh, a loads 
loads of uh, internet celebrities. We also kind of uh, want to hear from you guys. Uh, we we hope to do favorite quotes episodes, oh, yes. uh, episode things. And if you have a favorite quote, please leave us feedback on any of those channels. I've already been well collecting as... them. I've, I've got a little collection and I want to do kind of the best of, of the season. And Ooh, I'm definitely going to email my favorite quotes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and not only that, we talked about doing, going back through Breaking Bad, which I know some other podcasts have already done. But now with this being, you know, with, the, with this new knowledge of Better Call Saul, I think it would be a great idea to go back and look at Mike and look at Saul in particular. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I've been going back and looking at things in Breaking Bad and coming across them that have just shocked me. That I, 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 I know that they didn't necessarily plan for with Better Call Saul, but I picked up on things that came up throughout the series, and it's been great. So, you know, we can go through I those, imagine. and also we can just... We're, we're thinking about doing some commentaries too, you know. Yes, uh, that that's kind of our plan. We we hope to again commentaries through throughout some of the episodes that that have happened this year, as well as uh, discussions for uh, Breaking Bad Mike uh, slash uh, Jimmy Saul focused episodes. Uh, Rick, you know something I thought about with particularly with this last episode where we saw them doing all those bar tricks. We got to get mm -hmm. our good pal Brian Brushwood on. I'm nah. calling you out, Brian Brushwood. Rick, where can people find you? I people beat you can find it. me at Rick Foster <laughs> and uh, rickfoster.org. And if you want to find Sharon, uh, you can find her on don't. my stuff. She's like, no, I, no, don't I come out. I get really me. mad at her, and I'll just, you know, type bad stuff about Sharon. Which that is not true. It rarely happens, I swear. Rarely happens. Uh, and Jackie, where can people find you? At JackieHeron81 on, on Twitter. I also co-host a show with my good friend Roberto Villegas on the House of Cards. So if you're into that, check out thebritishtechnetwork.com. So, until next time, Jackie Hearn. Rick Foster. I think we have to say it one more time. Uh, you better, you better hide your kids. Hide your wife and... Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> oh, 64, as in O to be 64 again. Oh, 64.